want is an opportunity. This is America, ain't it? Who the fuck's stopping you? This is Bootlegging, where each week we will discuss HBO's original series, Boardwalk Empire. Grab a glass of your favorite libation, and let's do a little chin-wagging. And we are back. Uh, we are here for episode three of uh, Bootlegging, a Boardwalk Empire podcast. Well, ep- episode three, season, season four. Do you say episode three of season four? Is season four of episode three? Which way does that go? I'm going to have a man that can answer that, the man that knows more about nerd and entertainment than I do. We have Victor from all the way from sunny Florida. Um, but not, not, di- not, not, <laughs> not the song he sings. Yeah. Not disgusting <laughs> Tampa though. So <laughs> we have Victor from the digging Dexter podcast and home base in beautiful, sunny Miami. So Victor, welcome to the podcast again for the fourth or fifth. No, time? it's gotta be more than four, right? Oh, it's got maybe it. it's a, like, maybe it's like five or six. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Victor, welcome on to the podcast again. Thank you, thank you. Um, did so- you have me? Did you have me on this episode? This is my one of my four things. Did you have me on this episode for a specific reason? Uh, one coincidence. Two, it, it does take place in Florida, and I have so many notes on Florida to ask you. <laughs> well, see, my, what's funny is this. What my actually was because this is the first appearance of uh, daughter Maitland, and I don't. I think while we have talked before, I was always like. That is my crush. That is my, like, I mean, we'll get there, but she is my, like, she's on my hall pass. <laughs> she, she totally is. I was, uh, uh, when I was watching this with my wife, I mentioned to her that I was like, that's Victor's, like, biggest crush of all time. And then she was, like, looking at me, she goes, is it the actress or the character? And I was like, I think it's both. <laughs> so- yeah, it's both. <laughs> <laughs> now, my question does she really do you know does she sing this is, is that her singing oh my god this is such a great question well so uh, yes that's her singing and okay i, I want to when, when we get to her character and his storyline uh, i'll bring up why i was like wow that is such a cool thing oh okay but, uh, okay uh, yeah i want to leave it for that part if you don't mind okay so um that's one reason why you're on and it just so happened <laughs> to work out that way and the fact that it takes place in in Florida. So. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, what are you, the anything else on this episode before we get in? By the way, the name of the episode is uh, Acres of Diamonds. I don't know if you have anything that you wanted to talk to on that or not. Uh, I, I know they mentioned something like this. I think they mentioned the actual, but it's actually a book, right? Or it's a speech. It's a speech. Um, that is actually our break for the day will be oh, cool. over um, – Russell uh Russell uh Russell Conwell is the name of the guy who does the speech the speech that Willie is listening to about greed is good. Oh cool. The name of that speech is um Acres of Diamonds. He was the at the time period when this would have taken place. He if I'm not mistaken, he either had just passed away or he was he was about to pass away sometime here very soon. In real life, um, that's not a spoiler alert or anything like that. But he was the um, president of Temple. Oh, really cool. So he that's, was also yeah. like head of the Baptist church at one point or something like that. Um, he had very unusual belief systems that 
basically if you're rich you're successful and you're you're a good person if you're poor you you're a horrible person that was his whole mentality is if you're poor there's a reason you're poor and if you're rich there's a reason you're rich and the rich are better people um that was his <laughs> his his ideals to, to break it down he, there's like a lot more sophistication behind his ideals i don't necessarily agree with them but that was his he was essentially it's cap and rand if you want capitalism to the max is what he right, was right uh, speaking of the actual episode, and I know you had just finished a Breaking Bad binge, so this episode, if you think about this time in television, this episode aired the week before the Breaking Bad finale. Oh, really? Just like, and, and you know, I was having, and I, I hope we don't go into too much of a tangent here, but, so yeah, this was, uh, what's that episode? I, I think it's called Granite State. It's the episode right before the finale. Um, Wait, well, of Breaking Bad? Yeah. I think no, the second to last episode I thought is it was, Granite State. No. no uh, I thought it was Ozymandias. No, that's the, the episode before that. That's when all that shit happens. Oh, and then, okay. And then he ends up going to New Hampshire for the year. Spoiler alert. <laughs> he, goes on, <laughs> it's, he goes on vacation go, to go deer hunting. It's okay. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, at this time you had Dexter season... S- oh, yeah. So Dexter was finishing up. This is ending. Up. Yes. Yeah, Dexter's ending. Oh, this, was actually, this would actually be the Dexter finale. Was on the same night because the Dexter finale happened I, the week before okay. the Breaking Bad finale. Uh, just the idea of it used to be September came and that was all your shows were on. Like that was TV season. That shit don't happen anymore. You're right. It like, doesn't. It, it used to be like back to school also meant all your shows because Breaking uh, Boardwalk Empire always in um, like that September and the finale would always be like right in the summer. Right. Um, yeah, because I, I was just thinking the two biggest shows this year in my mind were obviously Game of Thrones, that shit right. in the middle of spring, and uh, Big Little Lies. I don't know if you watched that, um, but I don't. To me, Meg, that was Meg does, but you know, like it is a pretty big show. Just oh yeah, yeah, no, no, it's huge. It. It's huge. In the middle of July, when that used to be a TV dead zone, Stranger Things, middle of the summer. That's true. Um, Orange is the New Black, their last season, dead middle of the summer. That's just, we're in a crazy television time. The- um, have you ever seen the movie The Mist? Oh, the Stephen King movie, right? Where they're in like the ho- the supermarket? Yes. Yeah. I summarize this episode as the movie The Mist. If you remember how The Mist ends, do you remember how it ends? Yes. Uh, so like, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, just fast forward for like a few minutes. Uh, at the end of the movie, there's alien invasion. You you know, uh, the main guy kills his own kid and three other people in the car. Right. And he, you know, five people in the car, only four bullets. He kills his kid, his babysitter, and whoever else. And then he gets out. And then you see that the military has cleaned up everything and everything's back to normal. Right. So he has to, like, sit there and, like, watch, look at his dead kid. Um, I feel like that's the way it would happen with uh, Bill McCoy here. Like, oh. kill the dude. And it's like. Yeah, I'll do the deal. And it's like, oh, just that feeling of like, oh, my God, why did I do this? You know? Okay. Um, I was like, just, where, is it, he, where are you going with this? <laughs> no, I get it. Now I get it. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. No, no. I, I get that. Okay. Um, I had just watched The Mist about two weeks ago, so that's what made me remember it. A re- and then my last thing is a retraction from the, I believe, the last episode we did where I was talking about uh, the crematory when they cremate Jimmy Kirkland. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, that's not real because that can't happen like that. That is actually – did you get my email during the week, by the way? Yes, uh, I did. Filming look? Okay. I was going crazy because I was trying to find out where this – we'll get there. Um, but I just went nuts on boardwalk filming locations. Like I went to like page like seven of the Google search, you know, where it's just right. like 
international sites and stuff that doesn't even say Boardwalk Empire, or whatever. Right. And I found that this was an actual. That was an act. That's an actual real crematory. And what? Uh, during your break, or whatever, dude, look up. It's called Fresh Pond Crematory, and the pictures are right there. It's crazy. It's a real thing. So they was... cremate people like right, basically right in front of. If, when you go to their page, it looks like it's from like 1997. Their website, but it's legit. It's all legit. Really? I mean, I'm sure they didn't create someone on the episode, but how they do it? Yeah, totally. That's interesting. Fre- Fresh Pond Crematory. If you want to look it up, if when uh, uh, well, if you're this far in the season, then you know already. Uh, when they cremate fake Jimmy's body, um. I was saying, because I'm a funeral director, I was saying, like, that's not real. That's not how it happens. That's made for Hollywood. And going nuts on my searches for filming locations, uh, yeah, I found this Fresh Pond. Fresh Pond Crematory. It's somewhere in the New York City. Um, yeah, really cool. Look it up. That's, yeah, interesting. So I, so I have this uh, this episode. This has been my problem with this uh, this season so far. And it's not – and it's it, it's I'm kind of bitching because I'm doing a podcast on it. But they have so many stories on each episode, and that's been kind of my problem. So, but anyways, uh, I have it basically broken down into five storylines. I have Nucky, Chalky, Jillian, William, and Richard. And so, for yeah. the first half, I just want to go ahead and talk about um, Chalky, William, and Jillian. Chalky, obviously, being one of the bigger. Um, Epi- uh, parts of this, but William and Jillian, I think, are kind of more minor storylines for this episode, and so Definitely. we can start talking about them first, and we'll end with Chalky. Going to go ahead and start one, I guess. We'll go ahead and start actually with William because Williams is a really minor story for this episode. It's going to lead into more later, but with for this episode, we'll just go ahead and talk about him. His story is starting where he's at Temple, and this is where we get the name for the episode, which is Acres of Diamonds. That is the the speech that he's listening to, um, and we've already talked about that with Russell Cronwell and um, his belief system. And I think that a part of the speech leads to other parts that are going to be happening in this story, and that's some stuff that we can kind of bring up throughout it. But that's why I think the reason they named this the title of this episode that is there's kind of a sense of that little bit of that speech that we heard about greed is good. I think that that is kind of a reoccurring thing in this, only it's not that greed is good. It's that greed can ultimately also kind of lead to being, like, bad. The main how the, how the episode ends, right? Exactly. And that's all great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, William is uh, – Willie William is at at college. He's wanting to be the cool kid, I guess, you know, and he's um, – him and his friend are talking about getting some booze uh, for a party. And of all people, they decide to go and meet with Mickey Doyle. <laughs> So I don't know if they just thought Mickey would give it to him or I don't know what he was thinking. Like of all people, you think Mickey's going to be the rational person to go and ask like, Hey, will you give me some liquor? Like, well, I'll tell you what though. And it's something I haven't even thought of until right now. I kind of see Mickey Doyle as like, uh, um, let's say like the mom and dad, like, you know, mom won't let you have it, but you could always ask dad or vice versa. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, I feel like they would have like, I mean, there's no shot they were getting it from Eli, right? Well, oh um, yeah, no, no way. I just feel like he kind of could, I guess, I guess because he is kind of doofusy. Like, I mean, this is like the first time we ever see him be hard, quote unquote. And yeah. And it's to like a little 
21 year old like of course that's where you act hard you know um, he was even acting all that hard he's like slapping him and just like yeah. i'm gonna call your dad <laughs> what that's, I, I just feel like they thought like yeah we can get it like yeah it's even like the way he like goes to like shake his hand you know yeah. does he shake his hand or am i confusing that with narcisse like, i think he goes to shake know. his hand and he doesn't maybe that's what it is yeah um yeah, and I just feel, and you have to imagine like the way like Mickey gets talked about, like, oh yeah, he's a putz, he's this, that, you know. Yeah, I guess that's um, true. I don't know, it's just kind of a weird like that's, but I, I mean, at the same time, it's Mickey's also in charge of a warehouse of liquor, and so maybe they're like, hey, he just cares about getting some money. We can go and pay him for it, and we'll be good to go. Yeah, I. Do you know why? Why does Mickey eventually give it to him after all that struggle? I have, I have, I have a reason why. I, I want to see if you maybe have something there. I think my reasoning why in it is one. I think that the fact that he slapped the kid, he's like, "Fuck!" If his dad finds out that I slapped his kid, <laughs> didn't even consider that. That's so funny. He, he's he's like, "I'm gonna get get in trouble," like, because he's like, "I'm not his dad," and his it, Eli and Mickey already don't get along. So right. I think and he's scared to death of Eli, <laughs> and so True. I kind of think that's part of it, but I also think he realized, you know what, this kid tried to steal from me after all this shit, he's got some fucking balls on him, and that's why he gave it to him. That's my I other ki- rationale. I I kind of, I, I agree with you, like, in, in, the, in, the, same, in the same vein, because I kind of had it as, like, maybe Mickey sees himself in William, like, yeah. Like how you're saying he has balls, like, yeah, Mickey kind of has balls to get to where he did, despite oh, all yeah. his shit. And maybe, like, when he sees him, like, yeah, like, I, I was that kid once stealing booze. It's kind of like, um, and now you can't do it because you'll get in trouble, right? But, like, you ever stand in front of a store and, and hey, man, can you get me a six-pack yeah. with your friends? Have you yeah. ever done that? Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's like, there was probably a time, like, maybe ten years ago. Where I would have done it for any kid, like of course I probably would have bought them more beer. But now you could be like be getting set up, you know? Yeah, they have um, kids that work for the cops and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> but like, I feel like that's sort of the same thing here, where like Mickey's kind of like, you know, I was that kid once, and yeah, fine, fuck it, have it, you know? Yeah, you used to think how old are you? you used to like judge, like no, no, it doesn't look old enough, or no, no, that's a cop. You used to, I just remember going through all of it, and now, and now I'm scared too because it's almost like now with fucking cameras everywhere. What yeah. if you buy liquor for kids and they're fucking one of them gets in a car accident or whatever? Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I ain't, I ain't about to do it now. <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry. Can I buy me liquor? You can fuck off, kid. That's exactly what I'm going to say. Get out of here, cop. Narc. <laughs> Narc. <laughs> Um, and so that's I mean that's really all I have on William like his thing and and, well and then they uh, well uh, so then they go to their party and they're having like you know it's everybody including this like bully kid and stuff like that that's kind of been picking on him and um him and this girl that he kind of has a crush on you know they're going in there they they go to this live the library and make out you know and uh, the other kids come in and he has like the worst moment of any boy's life. I'll be honest with you. I cannot imagine having this happen where you have a boner and everybody sees it. Now, 
I'll I'll agree with it in one in one in the general term of it, right? Right. But I always got confused by this scene of I thought college age and like man, we've had off air conversations about like this is somewhat of like a risky season to talk about because there's like some you know stuff there's there's heavy handed stuff to talk about, right? There's a, this yes yes. With this scene, and it's like, God, I, I'm going to preface it so much that it's like, oh my God, just shut up. Wouldn't really making out with a girl in a library, like, why is that something to make fun of? Because they walk in and it's kind of like, ha ha, almost like they're like fifth graders. Where I thought the whole premise was like, I thought they'd be like, yeah, Willie, get it. Like, you know? I think the reason they're making fun of him is. And quote unquote, like I and I and I definitely see where you're coming from. I think the reason they're quote unquote making fun of him is because they're the 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 bully isn't making out with the girl. It's kind of like okay, like you ever talk to a girl that like s- some dude will come in like like start talking to her like hitting on her. And I and I say this because of like a lot of my friends and stuff like that that are single. <clears throat> A guy will kind of sit there and hit on him and be like, yo, girl, like, what's up? Like, you looking good, stuff like that. Like, I got a man. Oh, well, you ugly. What what the fuck? Like, you were just hitting on me two seconds ago. I think that's kind of what this point is, is that he's getting to get with her. And so they're going to come in and kind of make fun of him to try to make him feel guilty because they would rather be in his shoes anyways. That's kind of how I view it. And and maybe I'm wrong in it, but that's what I I was seeing. there's almost nothing else to go on the scene with, so like I'll, I'll take your thing for it. It's it, it just the general idea of it. It's just like he's he, he had the most productive night. Oh yeah, you know? <laughs> and it's just kind of like uh, you know. And she she um she egged it on like she's yeah. the one who did, like you know what I mean. No, she and took I guess, him in. Yeah. And then if you if you stand up after that and there's all your. My old thing is, or whatever. My old thing is just a bu- it's nothing to be ashamed about. It's just I can I can imagine being 17, 18 year old because I mean like let's be realistic. Like when you were in like high school and stuff like that, and you're like, oh god, teacher, do not pick me right now. Like I'm going through some time periods in my life. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't need this happening. <laughs> <laughs> great line though. Uh, we see Willie's Tom Willie's Thompson or Thompson's Willie. Thompson's That's a great Willie. Line. <laughs> Whoever came up, I I hope to God that I, in my head I'm really hoping that that was an extra that came up with that, and they're like, you, yes, you go with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's that, all I have on their storyline. That's it. Like it, like I said, this is obviously going to lead to some other stuff later, uh, but that's for right now. It's just a minor story. Sure. Uh, so from that, I wanted to talk about Jillian because hers is a little more in depth, but there's still not a lot. Um, so she said, <laughs> "This is why I love my notes, and you're gonna hate me for it." So she's showing around Peter from the office. <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What is his I, name? What is his name in this show? I do not know it. I, just, I believe it's, it's Roy, right? Is it Roy? Okay. I think it's Roy. I don't know his last name. Uh, Roy Livingston, for all I know. <laughs> the real name is Peter Livingston, right? No, his real name is um, Ron Livingston, or maybe it's maybe. it's he's Peter in Office Space, and that's what I know him from. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's the only thing maybe I know. He's Roy. I think, and I could be wrong. He may not. Maybe I'm like ninety percent positive he's Peter. Like that's all I can hear. About. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna need you to come in this weekend. <laughs> but she's showing him around town. Like uh, they're still looking. Like how the fuck? 
What does it take? Th- okay. Jillian's supposed to be finding this dude a place to live. Does it really take him this long to find a place? Or is she like that bad at looking at places? So his name is Roy Phillips. I just looked it up. This gets into a whole thing where I feel like I have to put a pin on that for now to talk about it for a little because – and I kind of have to dance around this. Uh, do you know the question that was asked in this episode that is huge foreshadowing? I do not remember. Like say the question okay. and, and maybe I'll know. Like When they ask if – where when the other where the other couple is from? Oh yeah yeah no 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 yeah and I want to get okay, into that in okay. a second. Okay, so I guess that's why that little thing. Uh, I guess they're both treading water. They're both faking it. Okay, <clears throat> so really hard to talk about without spoiling. But go on. Right. Um. So they're showing him around town, and then they decide to meet with uh, he he lets her know like he's, she's got to go to this dinner I think for an investor for Piggly Wiggly which by the way I did look up Piggly Wiggly it was a southern chain of grocery stores the first grocery store to have a uh, checkout line no what other did they go- have before they had like you could go up to like the register but there wasn't a line like it literally they actually had individual booths so they would actually have multiple checkers instead of just one person that worked the grocery store. They actually would have like uh, two or three booths set up. So they would actually oh. have – and they were the very first grocery store to have a buggy, a cart. A little cart. Look at that. Yeah. I learned something new. And uh, nobody, are they still active? Uh, there is still Piggly Wigglies. There is um, – their headquarters, I believe – and correct me if I'm wrong, if anybody's listening, I believe – it's now in like South Carolina, but I believe it's gotta there's got to be a southern thing. There yeah. are still there are Piggly Wigglies, if I remember correctly, in Florida. So I need you to go to a Piggly Wiggly for me. Wow. So, uh, oh my but god, I, there is! It's all the way northern Florida. Yeah, it was like in like the not the what is that? Is that the Panhandle? That is that what y'all call yeah, it? Yeah, like Pensacola and all there. Yeah. So there are still there is. I found out there was one here in Houston at one point, but it's no longer here. Um, but yeah, so. He's supposed to be meeting with his family, or he is meeting with his, like, partner, which, first off, of all things, this is only something Jillian could say, is, well, how did y'all meet? She was like, or, oh, we were like a new couple or whatever. She's like, oh, he tried to marry me when I was underage. What? Like, <laughs> first off, if let's say that was true, which we know it's not. Let's just say that was true. Why would you say that at a at a party? But second off, only J- you can even see his eyes get big. Like, oh, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I have to imagine it was that was like a romantic thing back then, right? Like, it's like I was eighteen and she was sixteen, and he wanted to marry me. Like, we we see it as yeah, she was like eleven, he was like twenty five. Right. I I I I think. I think you're. I think you're giving Jillian some better credit than you're about to do. <laughs> but okay, go ahead. No, I, I, again, it's still regardless of if it was romantic back then at the time, whatever. Everyone's eyes at the table goes, <gasps> yeah. like you know. So um, yeah, that's yeah, definitely awkward. And so, which uh, I is uh, I don't get it. I. It's Jillian, and I, this is where I wish I like Como on because then Como would go on his little tangent because he fucking hates Jillian so much. But um, I don't, I don't get her. I, I and I and I understand that she's had a life that nobody else really has had, 
and that makes her, I guess, unique. But <laughs> I don't, I don't know how else to go into it. It's oh man, I I um, I I am so handcuffed in in talking about Jillian. Um, right. I I guess we'll see her purpose as the season goes on because at yeah. this point I really feel like if if I'm trying to whatever it really feels like they're treading water with her. Right. Well, and and like I said, I want to see spoiler free. And this is where and you and you had this problem with six feet under as it went along when you were doing your six feet under podcast. That at a certain point, it gets harder and harder and harder to do a, a podcast without spoilers. And but I have to keep doing it because it's my co-host. It doesn't know. And there's people and hopefully I, we have listeners. This is y'all's first time and I don't want to spoil it for y'all. And so let me let me ask this then because I did go to a review thread of the time. So we're at September 29th or whatever, 22nd. So this isn't like that big of a spoiler, but um and I I would be interested for for to hear Chris's take on it, but I mean they do ask the question, are you from where the dude Roger was from last season? Yes. Well, no, and so, that was immediately once they say that you can see her eyes get really big. Like yes. it's one of those because I mean because that was exactly what he said. He said that um, he was from there, and so that's this couple we find out is from um, his hometown, Evansville, Indiana. That's it, which is a very unusual. I mean, I've never heard of this town. I don't. I mean, to be fair, I don't even know if it's a real town or not. It, it, it may very well. If we have any listener from there, I'm very sorry. I'm not saying your town is fake, but <laughs> I've never... was talking shit about Evansville before we aired, <laughs> so fuck all those listeners. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> but welcome new listeners from Winchestertonville. Did you see that movie? What yeah, what is, is that? it? Uh, Win- Win- Mr. Deeds? Winchesterton. Uh, Winchestertonville Mill. <laughs> um, it, it, that has to be like... Such a weird thing for her to hear is to hear that because I I've never heard of that I've I've never heard of that town like I said I, it may very well be I should look it up but what are the odds of that you know and then obviously that's triggering something inside her and that's not a spoiler because if you had watched the show and and they don't make it a spoiler in the episode because she's kind of drawn back like what the hell you know yeah um. And this is the point where, when she says that, she goes like, "Oh, I'll, I'm gonna go. Pow- I want to go powder my nose, literally." And that wife is like, "Yeah, let me join you." It's like, "Oh, fuck, come on!" <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to go chase some horse, and you gotta follow me. God damn it! And so then they end their night at a ice cream shop. Now, I wanted to have a discussion on this because. If we have to remember the time period, ice cream is a luxury item, right? Like, I'm assuming it is at this time period. You know, you don't have – you can't have ice cream at the house. You know, you don't have you don't have that luxury, I would imagine, at this time period. Interesting. Um, I mean, you may be able to, but I don't, I don't think so. 
I'm an ice cream person. I will throw that out there. Like I love I, I if I could live on just ice cream, I would. I love ice cream so much. I don't eat it that often because it's horrible for your body. It's just disgusting for yourself. I love it though. I love ice cream. What is your favorite ice cream store? Well, let me say something really quick. Looking around to see if my wife is. I've been ma- only married four months, and I've come to realize ice cream makes my wife happier than I do. She is absolutely an ice cream person. I. That's why I like her so much. I was wondering <laughs> why. Chris, you're the best. <laughs> I'm serious. Ice cream makes her happier than anything. They're proposing to her. <laughs> the the $1,000 wedding we had and all that. Ice cream makes her way happier than everything. That's I, funny. <laughs> if, if ice cream never was around again, I wouldn't even notice. But, really? Well, besides my cranky wife. But besides that, <laughs> chocolate ice cream? But I'm not a big ice cream guy. Uh, okay, so I wasn't... Well, and I... So, like, even places... No, I was meaning more like Marble Slab or Baskin Rock. Like, you don't ever think of going to anywhere like... Do you... Okay, first off, let me... I, I just saw your face. Let me pre- preference <laughs> that. Do you know what a Marble Slab is? Like literally, yes, but I'm assuming it's a store. By the way, you're asking, oh it, or my a, god. a chain or something. Yes. Oh my god! I need you to step outside your little <laughs> bubble of smoking vape and playing video games. Okay, I can go on a tangent of ice cream. Okay, marble wow. slab is they take ice cream, they have a marble slab that they cool it on the bottom. It has nitrogen that cools on the bottom. They take the ice cream, they put it on the marble slab, and then they take like like bits of everything that is horrible, like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, M&M's, whatever you want. They smash it up, and they mix it in with the ice cream on the marble slab because it's cold, and then mix it up, and then you get it that way. So you have stuff that way. My favorite thing is now it's a place called Creamistry, Okay. I am wow. sorry for all the listeners that are hearing our, my little tangent on ice cream. I love ice cream, though. I'm seeing uh, Colton's Thompson Willie right now for anyone who's... Uh... <laughs> Don't care. Creamistry, they take cream and they mix it with like flavors and stuff like that. And they take it, they put it into a bowl with like a... like It's like a giant batter mixer. And they dump in liquid nitrogen into it. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen that. Okay. Oh, my God. That is the best ice cream I have ever had in my entire life. If y'all have a creamistry there, take her there. <laughs> take her there, and you think she loves you now? She will love you that much more. <laughs> Telling you, that's how funny how opposite we are right now. If ice cream, never, if it just vanished, I wouldn't even notice. I, Only because of my cranky wife. Oh, I love that's it. That's so I, funny. Oh, I love wow. it. I love ice cream. <laughs> but see, my wife, my wife, she could care less. Yeah, like, so yeah, I'm, she's I'm, just I'm, like I'm no, she's that. just like. Eh. I have it, and I only have it because it's in the house. But I, yeah. I've never like once been like, oh, you know what I want? Ice cream, or like I'm shopping, like oh, great, ice cream. Never. Yeah, no. Oh, maybe, maybe when I was like a little kid, whatever, but not like in my adult life. Oh, I love it. Funny. Like yeah, when that um, when that person was out there licking Bluebell and stuff like that. No, I was pissed. <laughs> I was hunting. I was hunting that chick down. I was like, I'm gonna bring you into the law. No. <laughs> Um, so I can't believe we had like a five minute discussion on ice cream. (laughs) Uh, This is why I have hour and a half episodes. (laughs) Um, so they have this and they have their little ice cream thing. And then this is where then she gets introduced to the, um, Jimmy Kirkland's best friend. 
I guess I don't. It was I, like I guess I, it was a, a, a military mate, for lack of a better term, or something. Yeah, because I do remember he says, him. He says our friend, right? Right, and I do remember him from that episode, like because he has a very distinctive look to him, and so I remember him. And they really, and I don't know if you noticed this or not, they really focused on him. No, like, I, I didn't. This they, is let me let, let, let me add this too, uh, and and. I've watched this show so many times. This is one of those shows I leave it on the background. This is the first time I ever noticed that the couple brings up that town, Evansville, Indiana. And um, I thought they literally just grabbed this kid out of nowhere. You're saying he was in season three? Well, okay. I'm not a, I, I didn't double check it. I'm not 100% positive oh, okay. on that. More, but more I, than likely, though. More than likely, I believe he was. I, I recognize him. Or they got an actor that looks like a guy sure, that was sure. in that. But they also focused on this guy a bunch. Like, when they very first walked in, the cameras focused on him. I don't know if you noticed that. It's his face with them in the background. So it was definitely something like you knew that this guy was there for a reason. Right. That makes sense. And it gets brought up that, you know, he remembers her and obviously she's uncomfortable, you know, because of the situation where, you know, she doesn't know why. Quote, unquote, she doesn't know why. You know, and to the point that Peter from Office Space has to <laughs> has to defend her. You know, he's just like, hey, like, you know, like you're making her uncomfortable. Get the fuck out of here. So now is this just like demons coming back to haunt her? You know, like is like the, her world finally catching up to her? I don't know. You know, like we have to kind of figure that out as it goes along. I hope I hope you guys come back to talk about this scene in a future episode. Oh, we definitely will. Yeah, because this is um, whatever. I guess I have to leave it at there. When she goes to the bathroom to shoot up, do you notice the music got kind of like quirky? Uh, and I forget it's that it it's that thing they they showed in season three where she like it's like the bow that like the saw flaps. the saw or whatever. yeah like yeah. the saw because there was that kind of music going on. I'm like, oh wow, that's pretty cool. I kind of, like, heard that, like, peripheral, like, you know. But then I was just all like, like, and then I wondered how long she was gone, because then when she comes back, the ice cream's melted. And all melted, yeah. And did you get anything? I feel like they focused on that for a reason. Did you get anything out of that? Um. Well, I think it's like you said, her past coming to haunt her, like, she could meet this great man and everything could be great, but, like, in her past, she's... She was molested as a child, and she legit killed a dude that wasn't the dude. Like, you know what I mean? That's why right. I kind of took it. Like, like yeah, like I could, you know, if I was a horrible person in my past, but I get a clean slate today, I still have to live with the fact that I had a horrible, like, you know, I was a horrible person is the way I took it. Okay. But, I, I wasn't for sure. I didn't really get anything out of that. I just thought it was strange when they, she comes back, they really focus you, on the melted ice cream. And I was just like, well, like, why is that? And other and I than... I guess it's the idea too. Is like, what's worse than like melted ice cream? Like, just the true. idea of just like you know, like a a hot dinner it's just turned gone to cold. Waste. Yeah, I yeah, guess that's true. You know, something like that. Okay, yeah, I guess I could see that. It was just it was kind of strange to me on that. <clears throat> so we'll, we'll go ahead and end this first half then with uh, talking about Chalky's story because there's a lot that goes on in that that I really want to talk about. Yeah. Um. So we're we're going to start with his story by having. I want to talk about Narcisse and Arnold Rothstein meeting, and they're there to discuss heroin. And now I talked about this earlier today. I I, I recorded uh, with 
um, Lazarus, and this was actually brought up on that about how big of a hypocrite um, Doctor Narcisse is, and this is the first time we're seeing it in an ep- it, it, it coming out. See, and this was the okay. So this is another thing I was discussing, and this I'm gonna I'm sorry, people, if you're passing back and forth between season episode three and four, I'm very sorry about this. Uh-huh. Um, is what he's running? Is this essential? Is this a basically the same thing as like a H? Do you, you do well? First off, do you know what an HBCU is? HBCU, no. Uh, the historical black college and universities. So like okay. uh, Morehouse, uh, Howard. Um, Texas Southern is one. Uh, those are the, the historical black college. Is that what he's running? The or only is reason he running what, like a church? I, I don't know. I can't figure that out. This was I know this was based in some part history because in this first scene with Rothstein, there's a flag in the back, and it says Universal Negro Improvement Association. So he okay. is orchestrating or, or teaching, uh, for lack of a better term, it would be the same way if I was running like church school you know just kind of like bible class almost it's kind of is the equivalent i would say but for libyan folk i I believe is what it is okay okay because i was kind of confused but i could never honestly figure that out so he's meeting with rostin to discuss this uh but this is where i get so and this is where finally like you learn who narcisse honestly is because he's all about empowering black people. He's all about empowering the black community that there's great leaders in all races, but they have to bring up their best and stuff like that. Great message. Wonderful message to have. Two seconds later, I'm going to meet with Arnold Rothstein. Oh, I'm going to sell heroin to the black community. You are a <laughs> fucking piece of shit. <laughs> it, 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 it is funny, right? Like, yeah. And, and then when you kind of see, it might be the next episode that you have already done, but when you kind of see like, yeah, what he's doing, um, it's an odd mix of what he's doing. Yes. It's a very odd – it is a very – it is – it's it, – hypocritical is the only word I can use on it. He is a hypocrite and it's – but it's also like – it's not just a hypocrite. It's also dirty. It's disgusting. It's it's you have this wonderful idea, and I and I I get your idea of bringing up your community. I love it. That's a fan, especially at this time period. That's a fantastic thing to be like talking about. But then you are literally negotiating, and and you're literally negotiating with somebody who you have to wipe your hand after you shake their hand. Two <laughs> things there. One, I wonder if part of it is. The hero, the drugs are going to be sold either way. I'm not going to let the white man make money. I'm at least going to make it. Like, if you're going to ruin my community, I'm at least going to have a hand in it. I don't know if that makes As it a, better or not. I, I, uh, get the, I get the idea. I get the idea. Yeah. I get the idea. I don't know if it makes it better or not, but I get the idea. Definitely yeah. not. I, I, guess, I guess what he should be doing is putting his efforts towards stopping it. But if he's kind of a fraud in, in that, so it's like, yeah. Um that that's kind of whatever, but when he w- wipes his hand, right, and as you kind of see, he really despises the white man, Jewish. Oh no, I he despises he despises Jewish more than I think. That's his thing is it's not that Rothstein's white. I think it's that he's Jewish. Right. That's what I. That, that's how I took it. 
And what what's funny about that is, and you kind of like, I noticed it on my second rewatch, when he ends class with his students, for lack of a better term, uh-huh. he is hugging all of them. He's giving them like the the bro hug, the rub on the back, t- right. patting them on the shoulders. With him, he wipes, touches, shakes his hand, and it's like, Bleh! like you know, yes. that's just so like his. That's that's his deal, you know. That this is the beginning of we're seeing who. Chalky really is. Or, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Narcisse. Uh, Narcisse really is. Because at first, the first, like, you know, when we very first see him at episode two, it's like, okay, like, he's about uh, pro black. And me and Chris have uh, talked about that in episode two. He's pro black power, pro pro black community, uh, bringing up his people, especially at this time period. Fantastic thing. And I just can't stress it enough. But then now you're seeing more of him. And it's just like, okay, dude, like, I'm seeing where this is coming. You're, he's a different. Obviously, he's going to be a big person to deal with this season, but he's a completely different character than like what Jip was. Um, yeah. And I'm not comparing him to Jip because I don't think he's the same type of uh, nemesis that Jip was or anything like that. But we can tell he's definitely in this to cause some strife and stuff like that at this point. Sure. Uh, so uh, we are now at. We also see, like, with because I wanted to talk about Chalky and him together because he is also bringing, and please say her name because I mispronounce it every time. I can't mispronounce her first name, daughter, but. Uh, it's pretty, it's Ma- Maitland. Like, Maitland? mating? Maitland. Yeah. M A I T L A N D. I guess daughter I hear Maitland. it. I guess I hear it different on the show for some reason. I think it's Madeline for some reason. It's that, That's an easy mistake, but it's Maitland. Yeah. Okay. So he brings in daughter Maitland, who is a, I guess, a well-known singer, uh, jazz singer, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Entertainer. Bring, entertainer. Brings her in, and this is where uh, he's bringing her in for, to do a couple performances, and this is where we see the other of where this is going to start happening of his belief system, where he says something to Chalky. I, I wish I wrote down the line exactly of what it was. It was like... Um, the wife, what is it? The white folks will appreciate her and, and that's what you, what is it? The white folks will appreciate her and it's good for business or something like that. And then Chalky goes, yes, and walks away. And then he like whispers under his breath or that's what you think. Right. Or yeah, something. So, like, something. Yeah. Something, that's all you care about. Something like that. Right. He's basically like stating like, like this is where him and Chalky are essentially equals when it comes to like business, the black community, because Chalky's obviously very big in the black community in Atlantic City, and Narcisse is very big in the black community in uh, Brooklyn or Harlem. I think it's Har- Harlem is where he's at, right? Yeah. And this is where we're seeing where they're equals, but yet opposites, because Narcisse, you can tell, does not want to do business with white people really at all. And Chalky obviously understands that, at the, especially when being in this time period, you you have to cater to white people at this point. But he's trying to cater to them by also getting black people to succeed by being the performers and earning a living and things like that. Uh, it's just kind of an interesting like parable between the two. When they first introduce daughter Maitland, I mean she 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 makes her appearance known on the screen and sort of like we were talking. This season and this obviously this show, I became like obsessed with her weirdly. Um, <laughs> okay. And when you were saying like, "Oh, is she? A, is that her voice?" So she actually was. She is a singer. 
Oh, like, really? This is, this is one of those weird things HBO, and they kind of do often where this is their first role, and they kind of explode from here. I don't think she really exploded, but she definitely has done other television. Now, I found this out, like, probably about a year ago. Um, so, like, God, this is, like, really inside. But if you're on Instagram and whatnot, you could see what other people like. I have two passes on photos I'm allowed to like. Selma Hayek and her. I'll like all their <laughs> photos every time, you know. But I don't really, uh, you know, and I do it on purpose at this point. But what I found out was, so I went to a mortuary school. And then to get my bachelor's degree, I had to go to, like, a, an actual real college, not a trade school. Uh, and I went to college in Pittsburgh. I went to Point Park University. Guess who fucking went to Point Park University the semester after me? No shit. Yeah. She's huge Pittsburgh. Like, she's done, like, the national anthem at Steeler Games and everything. And I really didn't know this until recently. So we're talking, this is six years after the show. And six years ago, I was like, man, I love this woman, whatever. Uh, and then I found out she, literally, she started 2006. I graduated in June 2006. Wow. We were, like, literally, we were probably in the building at the same time. But the school I went to, weirdly enough, is a, a, an art school. Um, what do you call that? Performing arts? Uh, yeah, performing arts are like a lib- liberal arts school, something along the yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, ballet dancers, singers, actors, whatever. And yeah, that's that's where she went to school, and like we literally just, if I was like born a year later or failed a semester, which I would have if I had known, um, <laughs> I totally would have like maybe even been in a class with her, like oh you know. My God. Um, <laughs> that's just added to the obsession, but. <laughs> You could tell, right? Like, you could tell whether it's this scene or in the scene where she's singing, Chalky is obsessed with her. Yes. Like, eyes laser-focused on her. Um, yeah. It, it's it's crazy. You just kind of know she's going to be, I don't want to say a problem. Uh, what's the word? A plot point. Yes. You know, just the way how focused uh, uh, Omar, um, what's his name, Chalky is on on. <laughs> It, it's so crazy. I've been like going through like you were just watching the uh, Breaking Bad. I was kind of finishing up a Wire binge. I watched all five seasons. Um, fuck, great show, man. You're missing out. But go on. Sorry. I need a yeah. So, <clears throat> but so and this is her introduction. And and you can tell that she's going to be a bigger, a bigger moment, a, bit, a bigger plot point later, as you said. Yeah. Um. So from there we see that Dunn and Narcisse also have a meeting as well, and we see because Dunn and Chalky, I don't know how to word this. They're not. They're not. They're obviously not friends. Like that's. I mean, that's obviously apparent. Is that something new though? Because in like the way the first episode before that thing happens with the Dickie Pastor, I guess was the guy. Uh-huh. Um. It seems like they were friends, no? Or I at least like 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 president and vice president, like you know, or like the consigliere almost to his like whole deal. I, I get you don't have to be clo- close friends, but I mean, <sighs> if you're that close, like you know, I just I thought that thing was kind of I guess after what happened and how right. kind of chalky like threw him under the bus. Um, but I, I always thought they were. But if you remember their first scene together, he gets the shit beat out of him for talking. Right, right. So I, I don't know, but it would just be weird to just be like, yeah, he's not my friend, but I'm gonna work for him. I don't know. I think uh, okay. 
I think there's two options. I think there's two things that are going on. If one is, I think Dunn is essentially Jimmy almost at this point. He wants to be in control. Okay. True. Good point. Good point. Dunn's also an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy wasn't an idiot. Like right. Dunn is. Like let's be realistic. Dunn is. They're 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 leaders and they're. I and I. Ooh, I hate saying this term. There's leaders and there's followers in this world. I don't. I don't actually fully believe that. I believe that there's a mix of people and stuff like that on that. I'm not trying to be politically correct or any of that bullshit on that. But there's essentially like personality types. You have leaders and you have followers, right? Dunn is a wannabe leader. That's all he is. He is still a follower though. But he's not intelligent enough to be able to run something, and but he feels that he is. And I think that you mix that with. What happened in episode one where he's feeling that he is being betrayed or like mocked, I guess, by um, Chalky for what had happened. Like he's being like, well, you don't respect you don't respect me. So fuck you. And so I feel that Narcisse is seeing the perfect opportunity to come in and basically kind of swoop him off of his feet kind of because we did kind of see this a little bit in season three where he was running with the uh cooking crew and stuff like that that he does have these like leniencies towards he does it he wants to lead something you know because he was leading that revolution with the the cooking group you yeah. know the, the the boycott and stuff like that that they were or the the, the strike and so i think he just kind of sees that in him and that, that that's that's what I was taking it as. I also think Narcisse is such. I think he's the smartest person to ever been on the show. Mm-hmm. Be on the show, Narcisse, and I say that because I think he's also an opportunist. If that's, I believe that's a word. Like he could smell. He's ripe for the taking. Yeah, you know, like he's and, and you get it. you just see you see Chalky. Uh, obeying him or whatever telling him to go do whatever and like he says like oh he's making you do the the slave work or whatever he says um and it's kind of like he could tell that guy's right for you know if i'm trying to overtake chalky what better than the right hand man you know who's disgruntled right disgruntled employee is what you have and what a perfect time to be like hey look at this over here i'm gonna make you head of this like you know it's such a narcissa just a perfect in every sense of the fashion, just a perfect, like, if there's an opportunity, he's going to seize it, you know? Yeah. Um, and what a perfect opportunity Dun- Dun- uh, Pernsley is. I agree. I agree 100%. And I think that that's what what we're seeing from that. And so, I, and that, I mean, that's really all I have because he, he goes and he meets with him. I mean, we're, we're, he's meeting with him. And we're seeing that this is obviously going to be something that's going to play out further uh, as this show, as this season goes along. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's all that I have for the first half. Did you have anything else? That is it for that. Okay. All right, so we're going to go on a quick little break, and we're going to learn about Russell Conwell and his history with the Acres of Diamonds, and we will do a little bit of chinwagging when we come back. Russell Herman Conwell was born in 1843. He was born to farmers in Massachusetts and had an humble upbringing. 
He enlisted into the Union Army during the outbreak of the Civil War and rose to the rank of colonel. He was an atheist for the first part of his life and then converted to Christianity during a stay in recovery from wounds he had received during battle. In 1880, he became an ordained Baptist minister and joined the Grace Baptist Church of Philadelphia. In 1884, Russell founded Temple University, which would grow to a current student body population of over 40,000. Russell Conwell passed away in 1925, having left a legacy that lasts to this day. I hope you learned a little something about Russell Herman Conwell. Now let's get back to chinwagging. And on that, we are. <laughs> what is that? Uh, uh, fucking what is that? Is that Bride Anchorman? Of, no. Oh, I'm thinking of not Bride of Frankenstein. What is it? Um, Young Frankenstein. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. I got some Mel Brooks. I've actually been on a Mel Brooks bridge recently. Uh, God, he's so fucking funny. He really is. Is he still alive? I actually, I think he is. Wow. Random thing about Mel Brooks. Have you ever read the book uh, Zombie Survival Guide and then World mm-hmm. War Z? I, I know, I know of them. I never read them. His son wrote those. Oh wow! Look at that. Yeah. Random thing. And on that note, we are back. <laughs> uh, we're back from the break. Uh, hopefully, y'all learned still a little. Alive. Ninety-three. Sorry. Oh wow. I know. Um. Where uh, hopefully y'all learned a little something about Russell uh, Cronwell and Conwell. Sorry, Conwell. Mel Brooks as well. Uh, <laughs> his son is also the writer of World War Z. So uh, Russell Conwell and his help of developing Temple University. Um, now we are going to go ahead and get right into Richard's storyline because he's the first one that I want to talk about for this first half. Before we get anything out of the way, the main thing I want to point out on Richard's storyline is this the like heavy-handed symbolism that is going on in it. So he's bearing his gun at the, the the very first thing we have of him is his bearing his gun, which is essentially him bearing his past. And this is Nucky's muddy footprints. If I could put it any other way, <laughs> I don't know if you caught this in it or not, but totally over my head. It's totally just, over my head. It makes time, sense, though. Yep, it does make sense, and it's because it, this has been his story this season so far. He's trying to run away from his past and all of that, and then it's literally him staring at this gun. Like it's just like I like I kind of expect like in the background, like, like uh, what is one? Uh, oh my god, I can't even think of that song. The Departed. No, 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 no. Um, oh my god. Not think of that song. What is it from? Oh, oh, I, uh, I'm done. Instagram I'll, I'll do. I'll do some around. filler while you're talking. At the end of the party, I think I've I've definitely probably talked about this, where the rat comes across the scene, and it's like, and I think Simpsons did a parody of it, where they're like, the rat shows up, and they're like, look, obvious symbolism. <laughs> That's it. No, <laughs> if you know the departed. It's all about the. It's the uh, with the sound of silence, like hello darkness, my old friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> darkness, my old friend. <laughs> so he's um bearing his gun essentially 
this is the this is what Richard has basically try, been trying to go back to for four seasons. Uh kind kind of because he's also wanted a family. He's we've talked about it before. He's had this creepy weird obsession with having the American dream of a wife and what 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 is the terminology what a, a husband and a wife and two and a half kids or whatever it is like this the statistics however the fuck you have a half a kid uh-huh. I don't know <laughs> but um he's had this dream but I guess this is more what he's really wanted is just to go back home yeah and and it's also kind of funny and I read this on AV Club that there's uh three separate major filming locations on this um. This episode, well, not filming locations, but filming like sceneries. We have Atlantic City, which is dreary and disgusting. We have Florida, which is hot and sunny, and then we have uh, Wisconsin or uh, Minnesota. Is it Minnesota or Wisconsin? I think it's Wisconsin. Wisconsin, which is snowy and dead. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. We have three major differences, and. So he's finally home with his um, sister, and I I always want to say Emily. It's Emma, right? Emma. Emma. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't know why I just always want to say Emily. It's so he's close enough. He's home with Emma. It's I guess the best uh, pronunciation I give to any character at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're also meeting with a potential like bachelor for her. Is so okay. You know this show better than I do, and this is where I want to ask you some questions. Was Emma married? But and and, and and if it's a spoiler alert, please tell me I can't answer it. Okay, was Emma married before this moment? You know that's a good call. I don't know. I see. It's interesting because the way he's acting, he does not act like he's the father of that kid. No, I don't think he is. I think he is willing to take care of the kid. Yeah, because he said this is this is no place for a pregnant woman. Uh, he's definitely a suitor, like he's trying. Right. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't say he's trying to court her as much as almost like, hey, you're not doing anything else. Why not me? Um, I, I don't know that. I don't know. I didn't pay enough attention in the first two episodes about what she says. Um, she says something along the lines of she says a name and I don't remember the name. It was like John or Frank or something. I, I, I just don't remember. And she says something along the lines of, well, when he, he passed and then dad passed. And so that makes me think yeah. that maybe she was married. She was uh, pregnant and the dad passed away. And then this guy is basically like. And I don't, I, I don't think that I have him in my name as Rockman instead of Rocketman. Um, <laughs> I don't think that Rockman is a bad guy. I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's a legitimately nice guy. I think he's legitimately like. I think he actually cares about her. But I also think that he's like, oh, this is a single lady. She's pregnant. She's easy for me to try to get with. Like, what's the terminology? Um, a self, uh, a pre-made family. He sees a fr- a pre-made family. And I think that's what he's kind of going after. Uh, I also, I also, um, he's calling Richard Rick, and I don't think I'm down with that. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, uh, that's that's, and you could kind of tell, like, because they kind of make fun of the conversation after, right? Like, what are right. they talking about in this scene? The Rock. Like, he's like, yeah, um, yeah. It's like that's River Rock. That's a good Rock. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's, but just the way he just keeps calling him Rick, it's like, oh God. Can you stop? 
It is like the worst, the worst thing so he- to call someone. Get, getting inside here, what did they call you at my bachelor party? Did they call you Sea Dog? No. Uh, no, uh, Sea Money. Sea Money. You're one. <laughs> you're. I have no idea why. Uh, oh, it's more uh, ridiculous. Sea money or sea dog? Sea <laughs> dog. I think they probably called me both. It was uh uh sea money. Peach. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, so funny. I need to get him on this podcast. That 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 <laughs> peach of shit. Okay, and <laughs> he kept calling me sea money, and I have no idea because then even Meg is asking me the entire time. She's like, "Why did they call you sea money? No fucking idea." It just it just someone says it and it just sticks with it. That's yeah, so funny. <laughs> to, to answer your original question, I I could care less what people call me Vic or Vic. I never even notice when people call me either. Uh, people really? used to call me. Oh God, I don't want to get into it. Last name sort of thing. Um, yeah, I I I never cared, but I I feel like I don't have one of those names. You can only call me Vic or Victor. Like you know, there's not like. But I wish how, people okay. called me. I wish people called me V Money, but <laughs> you can, by all means you can have it. Okay, but now to be fair though, Vic is a, a very common, like the same as Colt. Colt is a Colt and Colton. I get it, right? Yeah. Do you ever in your entire life have you ever been like, no, I want people to call me Vic. Like this is like what I want. Like I'm cool. I'm cool with this nickname. Never, never cared. Never. So for somebody no. just to like come up and call you Vic, it's it, it's not weird to you. Wouldn't I wouldn't even notice? And I bet oh. you so many people have done it. See, it's weird to me. It's it's if, if for P, I've heard I've I, I I don't know if somebody was to come up and call me Colt, I'd be like what? Except for like I said, except for this one friend, I'd be like uh, I yeah. wouldn't get I wouldn't get mad about it, but I'd be like that's a little weird. Like why are they calling? I, me I that? wouldn't I wouldn't even notice to tell you the truth. Huh. That's yeah. interesting, but <laughs> so he calls him Rick, which is, I mean, that's that's his nickname. It's just, I, I maybe it's weird because it's it, it's Richard, and so it's just like nobody else calls him that, and it's weird for us. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like what we're talking about. Like if you if someone starts coming up with a a nickname for you, it's like you better be close, and it's like clearly he's not. But he's also like not a bad guy, so it's just it's almost kind of. And I don't know if you watched it, and I don't know why he's reminded. But he reminds me of the the guy from Stranger Things. Did you watch Stranger Things? Yeah, which guy? The 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 guy Winona Ryder's boyfriend. Oh, he just reminds me of that. Like he's so Samwise harmless. Gingy? He's so harmless, <laughs> but he's just like he's like a good dude. I don't know why that reminds me of him, but Samwise Gamgee. What's that from? Lord um, of the, oh my god, you have not seen Lord of the Rings, have you? Like once, and I was like, I'm so bored. Oh my god, I fucking hate you so much right now. <laughs> god damn it, Vic. <laughs> god damn it, Vic. <laughs> Slick Vic over here from, <laughs> from Staten Island, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think I think you got Slick Vic from the bachelor party, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> too much into some like this is too many inside jokes at this point. <laughs> I'm gonna say one more and then I'll move. I'll, I'll I'll move the plot along. When my friends at like 4 a.m. were coming to just be assholes because I was passed out. I wish it wasn't passed out. They were so drunk at like 4 a.m. in the morning raiding the house. Colton was sleeping in the room next to me, 
when, when Colton heard my friends coming, and I found this out the next day, Colton faked sleeping so they wouldn't bother him. <laughs> I <laughs> That's was the greatest part of it all of it. They were Let me so ask drunk. you this: they were so <laughs> drunk. <laughs> they were so loud. Um, all right, so Rick with the gun. <laughs> um, I mean the guy. The, so ultimately, the guy's a good guy. Like, okay, let's at least like let's at least agree on that. The rock man. He, he doesn't, doesn't mean any harm. He doesn't mean all. any harm. I believe that he actually. I don't think he like is in love with Emma or anything like that. But I believe that he, like I was saying, he he, he has a, he doesn't care that she's pregnant. Like he does not care about that. It's it's something that he's he's cool with and stuff like that. And so I think that he is like, look, I'm I'm single. I'm alone you have a kid or or have a kid on the way. Like, let's just like, let's just make this happen and see where it goes. And, and it's not a bad, it's, it's not a, I say that it's not a bad thing. Like, I think that he means he, he's coming from a good place. And I think that he, and and even Richard even says that Richard kind of makes fun of him a little bit, but even she's like, well, he's basically harmless. And he's even says, he's like, yeah, he is like, I think honestly, Richard approves of, of, approves of him i think in the end it's like it's like he says at uh, you know i'm jumping to the end of the episode but it's like he says it's like you harrows you act like there's no one in the world that can help you i think they're just both super super stubborn harrows that's the harrow probably like family uh, trait and it's just like yeah he probably is harmless but yeah i'm probably all right without him you know right no i agree and uh so the other big moment of this is we finally get a meet and me and Chris are uh, talked about this in episode two because we've been this has been my biggest complaint so far with this season. And I did not remember this the very first time I watched this show is we finally get to see who the man on the train is because we had no fucking idea who this guy was. They've been talking about this since episode one of this season. There was a man on the train and blah, blah, blah. Right. We finally get to see who this guy is because wh- of all things, why did they just randomly put this in? Do you know, like, what the the hitman sort of yeah. thing? Yeah. Do you know, like, this is it's such a random storyline to add in. Yes and no. If you go back to season three, Richard just had to get away, right? Like the right. heat was too hot, so to say. So I'm assuming he had to make money, and he says, "When you when I saw you on the train that day, you said, you know, you said." The only thing you're good at is killing someone, killing people. So I'm assuming he wanted to make some money, and he probably that's the only way he knew how to, and wanted to visit his sister. But they it left was it, the o- they, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. I'm no, sorry. I was going to say it was the only way to make his storyline uh, have something happen with him at his sister's house. You know, just have something in it. If you think about it, what is he? There is no one else on the show who is as good at what they do than Richard is as with killing people, you know? True, um, yes. So that's, I just sort of feel like it's just sort of, and I imagine maybe this was sort of common back in the day, because how could you ever connect the two, you know? This right. guy on the train to Richard Harrow. Um, so that's why I just sort of, it, it, you're right though. It, in the end though, you're right. It's just sort of like, Wait, what? Now he's a no, contract he, killer. Yeah. Him doing it isn't an issue. 
him doing it is 100% plausible. Like, that's in the character description. I don't... I don't have a problem with him being a contract killer. Like, awesome, cool, dude. You go and do that. It's just the way that they presented it in the story. It was like halfway through. We didn't get to see the beginning, the middle. We only have seen the end. And that's where I have my issue with it. And I and I, I, and I actually do kind of fault the writers on this because I feel like they kind of were lazy about it. Like, we're never going to get a full aspect of this. And, and, and I get not getting a full aspect, but you don't even give us 50% of the aspect. So that was kind of my, like, my, my, my gripe with this, if you will. And this is only episode three, and now this whole story is done. Well, I, I, that's what I was going to say. Season four gets gets a lot of uh, uh, shit for kind of being like an unfocused season. I will say, yes, like on one hand, they don't show you a lot of it. They kind of just tell you it, and all of a sudden it's over. Uh, thank God it doesn't go on the whole season, I guess is what I'll say. Right. Like, you know, thank God it's kind of like wrapped up, but um, it, and it's hard to talk about what happens without, but keep going. Sorry. Right. So... The other thing I had to put on on my notes on this because I actually really do not have a lot about um, this is before anything else happens when the man from the train like they're meeting with Richard they they corner him in the uh, uh, the barn and when he's telling him he's like you told me you were good for one thing you told me this and this Richard is Bane from Batman if I've ever been to not only does he have a mask. <laughs> but everything the guy's telling him, I'm like, they could insert Tom Hardy into <laughs> into Richard at this point, and the show yeah. may actually be better. He's a hired mercenary, <laughs> yeah, literally. It was just really weird, like listening to it. I was like, oh god, like this is Bane. <laughs> yeah, um, the mask and all that. Yeah, the mask and everything. So, um, Richard uh, kills one of the guys. And basically, I mean, he plays Richard. He Richard is Richard. He does a really good job kind of defending himself, being that dog that's backed into a corner. And the other guy goes to basically kill him. And and I'm sorry, this is also lazy writing. When his mask is off, like, points the gun at him, I'm going to do you a favor. Oh, <laughs> I lost it when I have it. I was like, y'all could have said something so much better. <laughs> I believe that that line has been said 19 times in this show so far. And this may have honestly been the first time it's said. I don't know. But it's I, – I wonder if in the moment – I mean, right, if we're in the moment, he's just going to kill him. He's not going to say – he's not going to give the villain line. But I do wonder what your reaction would be if you saw that. It would be pretty startling. It, I, I, I imagine more of a, what the fuck? And then pfft. Like, you know, I guess. But yeah, no, that would be more like the thing like, oh, fuck, because yeah. you knew the guy was wearing a mask. So you knew he had a fucked up face. But like, just I don't know, that line irritates me. It, I just feel it's very sloppy writing. No, it's very. Uh, well, I guess Christmas is over. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Like, yeah, yeah. no New Year's for you. Like, what? <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so, but th- but from this, we also get that Emma has now for a second time because she was the one that could kill the dog. She's the one that now kills the guy and say, and ultimately is the one that saves Richard. And so Emma is now showing to be somebody that is 
as lethal as Richard, but in a different way, kind of. Yeah. If that makes any sense. I, I, I don't know how else to really describe it, because... Uh, go, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I mean, she, she saved his life, you know? Um, I, I, I don't... I, I would doubt how many people in that same situation, killer or not, I mean, wh- who wouldn't pull the trigger there? You know, like, just because... I'm gonna say they're they're vastly different in terms of well, obviously, right? Like he's a heartless killer, and she is whatever, uh, whatever. She's she's not a heartless killer, let's say. But I, I'd find it hard for anyone not in that her situation to not pull the trigger, right? You know, if your family member's about to be killed, who wouldn't pull that trigger? But pulling the trigger and the after effects is probably what separates a lot of people. Right, but but I'm I'm even talking about because she was the one that could kill the dog in the episode before this, and right, Richard couldn't. Right. This is where we're seeing that she is she can kill somebody, and I don't think that she will second guess it. Yeah, and it's a it's a very interesting moment that we're seeing from this. That this is another similarity that her, and it, 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 this is another kind of thing that's making you kind of wonder: Was Richard this way before the war, or has Richard always been this way? Yeah, it's like, interesting. I never, I never even thought of Richard before the war. Because Who knows that's what he was. Because that's what she knows. She doesn't know Richard pre-war. You know, like. I, I, or, no, I'm sorry. I worded that wrong. She only knows Richard pre-war. She doesn't know right, Richard right. post-war. And so it's it's a very interesting thing that you're kind of going through with this. <clears throat> um, but that's – I mean, but that's how they're – and that's how their story kind of ends with this episode. And so that's all that, that's all that I, I have on it. The one thing I wanted to add when Harrow's leaving, right – um, they make him. It's so crazy how they do this that they make him such a sympathetic, sympathetic character, and how fucking heartless, ruthless killer he is. Like, if if I actually, who's the most sympathetic character? You're gonna say it's Richard. Yeah. Who's the most cold-hearted killer? It's also Richard, yeah. which is crazy yeah. when you put those two together. Like, you feel so bad for this dude, but he also could kill you with no remorse whatsoever just keeps or maybe he does have remorse right but like not about killing you maybe just overall but the they have this and this is another thing i would love to hear you guys come back to this is actually something you may not even recall but the monologue he says about coming home and family yes very interesting yes it's very like wow that's so cool um and yes, and the last thing she tells him, you need to call yourself to account. Um, you know, it's very... You kind of see what, what happens. This is not really a spoiler, but obviously you have nine more episodes, right? Uh, to see what happens with Richard, it's kind of really cool, like how it goes on. Yeah, and it's, that's what I can't wait for. Uh, so with yeah. that, we'll get into Nucky's story. Um, all right. So this is where I have some... Because you're the filming location king. So, uh, Nucky's first moment that we're on screen is he's in Florida. Uh, By chance, do you know, was this filmed in Florida? No, none of it. I didn't think think so, but I wanted to ask. Once, they don't do any exterior shots of the the barn here or the Sally Wheat's bar, but Uh, when they do go... Who? Who? 
Oh, I don't even know what you. I I didn't. Oh, you know what we're gonna call her because we did a special episode and we came up with the name together. Tits McGee. No, sweaty weeds, sweaty weeds, because she's always sweating. (laughs) Okay. Sweaty weeds. I'm gonna listen to this episode just because I said tits McGee. Sweaty Wheats. Totally forgot. Totally forgot. Sweaty Wheats Bar is out in Staten Island. Um, But no, if you if you recognize this episode, there was a lot of it's a lot of interior. All of its interior, because even the outside Tampa scenes, those are uh, CGI. Oh, really? Okay, I was. If you go back and look, it's all CGI. So it's an inside set, and then the all the water and whatnot is all CGI'd. Okay. Um. The two symbolism symbolisms I had, one like Nucky by himself in the room, and it's kind of like the theme of this starting of the season, like he's all by himself, you know. Right. Okay. Um, and then the other, I don't know if you caught this. I didn't catch this catch this until we we're like I have the episode on now as we record. The first scene, once like Bill McCoy's there is with uh, Nucky, he's holding the coconut and he just ch- chops it with the machete. It's like, uh, oh, oh shit! Yeah, I totally did not even think about that. I only caught that while we're watching, like, while we're watching. You know, I have the episode on, and I, it, as soon as he comes on, that's what he does. And I'm like, oh my god, look at that! Because <laughs> he chops his his coconut. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, that's actually a pretty good one. I did not catch that one. All right. Yeah. When so when you were talking about obvious symbolism, I'm like, oh my god, look at this one. And it's funny because how many times have I watched this freaking episode? And um, the other thing. It makes my skin crawl how hot Tampa is, and they're sitting there in those wool suits. Oh my okay. god! Next, you can't see it on my on my on my tablet. <laughs> my next note: Why does Why does Nucky look like a fish out of water? Slash Why is everybody wearing those fucking outfits? Oh my! It has to be so hot. Okay, I went to Florida for Victor, your wedding. Houston is hot and humid, right? Houston alone, and, and you fucking wear a suit. Houston is hot and humid alone. Y'all are hot and humid on another level. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. Like we get we get hotter here. Y'all are hot and humid though. That is a whole other level that I don't understand. Right and, now we are in such a hot space. When we go outside, and again, I've lived here for for about five years now. I go outside and like I tell my wife, it is aggressively hot out. Like this is August and September are our like Same painful here. months. That's like that's like what you have to go through that to get the beautiful winter weather. Um, I, I don't even know what time of the year this is. It's cold in New York or whatever the yeah Atlantic City. So you got to figure it's sometime in the winter. That could be anywhere from October to freaking April. What's well, so yeah? Um, I, I have no clue. But yeah, just seeing him there in that suit. Oh God, I can't imagine. Like I wear a polo and <laughs> jeans for work. I used to wear khakis, a button-up shirt, and a tie to work, and that was unbearable enough. I can't imagine wearing a fucking blazer, like a full three. And that's not even thing. It's not even a suit. It's a three-piece suit because he has a fucking a uh, vest and yeah. everything. Uh, oh god like it is the best is that they're waving like those paper fans like that's doing anything besides 
you wasting energy to further commit yourself to freaking not hypothermia. What is it when you pass out from heat? Heat exhaustion. That's all it is. God, it's so hot. I can't. Oh God. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. I can't imagine. <laughs> I'm done. Oh, like, fucking! I'm gonna drink some coconut. It's gonna be good for the heart. Okay, I need you to get. I need you to invent ice at this point and AC. Like, can you imagine that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, do, uh, do they have AC at this point? No, there's no way. I mean, maybe they have ice. They have ice because I see ice cubes in Nucky's drink. They have ice, but ice isn't like what it is today. I mean, I, right, okay, right. Okay, ice, ice is what it is. <laughs> ice is real. I promise. <laughs> but it's not like not everybody has it. Like, like yeah. establishments have it, and that's about it. Yeah. You know what's the other thing I noticed that never really hit me, and not until I lived down here. A lot of people think Florida, like, oh, Orlando and Tampa and Miami, you're like five minutes away. No, we're like four hours away, right? Tampa, he says, they have like an influx of Cubans. Like, you know, he says, oh, bring you upstairs for a nice Cubanita, whatever. Cubanita, yeah, yeah. Tampa is far. Like, I know Miami always has the Cubans, whatever. Tampa's really far to have like an influx of Cubans. But even when he went now, and this is something you probably wouldn't know. And I and I don't know the answer to this. Would Tampa or not not Tampa even would even Miami and Key West and things like that would they even have that many a big of a Cuban population? Because at this point, and oh god, this is a, this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler alert. But Cuba wasn't what Cuba is now. There wasn't the mass immigration outside of Cuba, right? I'm gonna say no, but I also would think it's just. I mean, how do you say it? Like, uh, I don't. I, I get what you're saying, but I guess because they are so close, it's like 90 miles from Cuba to Key West. Right. Um, yeah, I've had my photo taken there, so I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would. I, I don't know how they get up to Tampa, is what I'll say. But I'm just assuming maybe there's like some just always immigration, just because. But um, how they make it all the way to Tampa? Fuck, do I know? That was weird. I will. I will agree. When I watched it, I was like, "This is a weird statement for him to make." Like, if he was like, "Hey, we got some like redneck chicks. Like, they're in like a double wide in the back." I'd that's be like, what it. That's like, what. That's, that's a lot closer. Yeah, <laughs> that's Alabama. Like, we got it. I'm good. To, and we lost Tampa's our Ala- f- fuck Tampa's. Fine. <laughs> we lost our Alabama all, listeners. All, all our panhandlers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. It's. I don't. Know, it was a weird. It was a weird statement. I. Uh, but I guess it's kind of like relying on an ignorance of – it's the same thing as Texas. When people talk about Texas like, oh, you're in Houston. I have friends in Austin. I'm sure you know them. Well, that's fucking five hours right, away. Right, I don't, right, right. I don't know them. So <laughs> now my other thing I wanted to ask you on this is – and I have a, another friend. He used to live in Florida and moved back to Houston. He now lives back in Florida, and he has said this. So I wanted to verify it with you. Because they talk, they actually mentioned this in this episode. As uh, not only does like Nucky look like he's a fish out of water because of his outfit, but then he's meeting at the speakeasy with sweaty wheats, and <laughs> she mentions how it rains once a day. Oh my god! How much does it rain there? Is that is that an accurate? I think I heard on the news the other day we've had crazy rain the past two months. I think July we had thirty inches of rain, which is an all time high. Um. And then August, I think before August 15th, we were at 14 inches. I think on August 12th, we were at 14 inches, 
which meant it was like we weren't even at the halfway point of the month and we were like higher. We are, um, this is our rainy season, June, July, and August. It'll torrential downpour, like you can't, you could hear it inside your house. And then 10 minutes later, super sunny, like nothing ever happened. We had flooding during the week because it rained so hard. That's so weird. Yeah, that's 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 Florida. If like yeah, like your friend said, and any like person who lives here, it'll rain. When I used to live in New York, when it rained, like the day was rainy. Like there was no yeah. like yeah. That's that's how I grew up here. Rain is part of the day. It's not will it rain today? It's it's gonna rain at some point, and ten minutes later, it's gonna be fine. Houston's kind of that way. Kind of. It's uh, we'll ra- we'll get. Random, like like today, it rained at like nine o'clock this morning, and then I went for a bike ride at ten for an hour, and then it rained again at like one o'clock in the afternoon. But it rained for like an hour, and like it's kind of. But then we'll have like random days where it'll rain for like five days straight, and half the city floods. So <laughs> we get like we get like fifteen minutes max, and it's funny. Like me and my wife, my wife works out west. I work lesser out west so i work like 15 minutes out west she works 30 minutes out west and there's times whether i'm home i'm at work or she's at work it'll be downright pouring where i am and where her is not a cloud in the sky that's you, you could actually yeah. you could actually see like the clouds from far away like that's you know, how, it's, yeah. it's crazy that's how you so I'll, I'll, I'll mess same thing i'll message my wife hey like i'm at work i'll be like hey it's raining here she's like oh it hasn't rained here at all today okay yeah yeah, yeah. same that's thing that's totally Okay, so I was kind of curious about that when they were. I, I had I was told that, but I wanted to also somebody that lives in Florida ask that. Um, I didn't even put it in my notes because I knew we were going to get there. I knew I knew this topic was going to come up because <laughs> I know, cause, I, yeah because we, we're old men and we talk about weather all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I have is also in my it's literally in my notes is everybody is always sweating. Yep. And I will verify for the little moment I was in Miami for Victor's wedding, everybody was always sweating at all times. I hate to say this. It's my memory of you. I remember being in Wynwood <laughs> for my bachelor party, and we were all sweating. But I just remember, and I was like, damn, poor Colton. He definitely didn't think it was going to be this hot. And it was. it's not like you were wearing like long sleeves and pants. We were all wearing shorts and T-shirt. But you know, if you're in South Florida from any time from like April to fucking October, if you're outside, you're just going to be sweating. I go outside. I go to throw out the garbage. I'm dripping. I just oh, it's aggressively is- hot. Inside, inside on me, I sweat all the time, always. I am oh, because even my wife will say like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night to like go to the restroom. My wife's like, "Why are you so sweaty?" I'm like, eh, "I don't know, I'm sweaty. I'm a sweaty person." When I was there, hundred percent sweating all the. Because I remember at one point you said something to me was like, "Are you okay? Because you're sweating a lot." I was like, "Nah, I'm good." Like. <laughs> It, yeah, you just uh, yeah yeah. I sweat. I drink a lot of water. Like I I I counter it. I literally drink a lot of people don't realize this. I drink two gallons of water a day almost. Like I sweat so much. I just decide I'm not sweating right now. But do you remember this cup? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it just it's what I, you have to carry it around here. Yeah, all just the time. Water, water all day. <laughs> so, Nucky has his uh, meeting with. Bill and I do not remember the guy's name. Tucker, Tucker and McCoy. 
Tucker is the dude who wants to do it, and McCoy is the one who's bringing it to him. Okay. And they are discussing their, like, plans with this, like, establishment that they've brought him down for. And I don't know what, like... I don't. I, I. I'm trying to. I, I'm trying to think how to word this, because when I was watching the episode, I couldn't like figure out exactly how to word it. Other than one, why would Nucky even come down for this, like proposition? Because this is a proposition that Nucky would never take at the beginning. Like I don't like this is something he could have discussed on the phone or something like that. I feel like. And for him to fly, or not to fly, sorry, to take a train all the way down for this, I'm like, really? Like, this is a big deal. And it's a it's a really shitty plan that they have going on. Well, I think McCoy did, like, all flattering. Like, I got a great deal for you. I think Nucky maybe didn't owe him, but, like, as a friend. Because um, he says, like, remember, he says, like, you were... you. You like clattered me with all this bullshit train tickets and all that to a, just a total bullshit deal. I'm with you. Nucky probably would have done it over the phone, but also there's a sense of Nucky trying to get out. So I think there was part uh, of that. Okay. Like, you know, to, to sort of get out of there because he essentially has nothing in Atlantic City now. I mean, he has a room at the hotel that's off the, off the boardwalk, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm assuming, and you know, what do you do when you get older? The 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 planet, like you know, what yeah. most people say is you you go to Florida. Um, so that's why I, I have. That's why I I think he took it. But I'm with you. Like, yeah, he you normally would have done this over the phone, but he does make it a point. Like, yeah, you you've showered me with all this bullshit train tickets and everything to such a bullshit deal. That's you know, like he says, like the church. You're gonna have liquor store liquor trucks going through. The school as, and you know the churches and all that like <laughs> what a what a bad, bad it's a bad it's a bad plan and that's what I don't understand like like why he would even come down for that other than maybe he just like he honestly wanted an and that's a good idea that's a good like concept that he wanted an an escape um <clears throat> so they have their meeting and. I don't know how to describe, and I'm glad. I am so glad that this one dude is not in it longer, because that guy pisses. He reminds me of somebody I can't place who it is, but he pisses me off so much. Like his yeah, voice. I'm with you. His voice, his attitude. I can't place who it is other than he. And I didn't look up the actor's information, but I imagine he has played the redneck dad that gets drunk and beats his daughter in every movie. <laughs> with a with the what do you call that? What's the politically correct term now? It's not even a a tank top, a white t shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, wi- a yeah, a, wi- a wife beater. Like because oh, he's oh, a oh oh whoa. Oh, oh. Yeah, no, because the guy, I'm joking, I'm joking. the guy's a wife beater. You can correct me all the way. He wears a wife beater because he's probably a wife beater. Like. We were talking about Walking Dead. He reminds me of Merle from The Walking Dead. That's yep, what it yep. is. <laughs> exactly. Um, but that's like I. It's so they have their little like like skirmish, and then we get to see that like Nucky is also having his meeting with or it, not his meeting. He meets up with um, uh, sweaty weeds, and so we. That's honestly his best. The best scene in this entire episode. Was when he went into the bar by himself with her. 
Like, that's my opinion of it, at least. Because, like, he mentions Teddy for one, so we get to see, okay, that whole Margaret storyline's not forgotten, because he mentions Teddy, and she even, like, is actually making some really good remarks on that, because at one point she even says, like, um, like he's like, maybe I should disappear, and she's like, well, that's fucking convenient. Like, not those yeah. exact, but basically those exact words. That That's convenient for you. Like, take the easy way out. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. I I I noticed that the, I noticed this this time around watching it that it's funny how much Nucky connects with Sally in that Margaret was a woman pretending to be strong and I feel like Sally is a woman who is actually strong. Yes. Like Margaret Margaret tried to be strong but you knew she wasn't whereas she's like she's def- like she's going to tell you like it is cuz even says like man I thought bartender was supposed to be like nice and like you know like uh i don't know what the word is uh sympathetic or empathetic um and she's like the complete opposite she's like you know uh look at you the easiest thing is for you to do nothing how convenient you know um no i agree yeah when they're there and like the the humor of the scene is like there's this guy in the passed out in the bar right well in in a, a seat in the bar have you ever been that guy um, I have at a Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> like, like passed out, like, I assume, presumably someone would have to have carry you out or like no, give you a few I, slaps uh, to wake you up to carry no, you I've out. No, I've never been that bad. No, I've never been that bad. But I have like definitely the, been super drunk and I was drunk to the point where I was asleep at a Waffle House and the f- friend I was there with had to wake me up to leave. Yes. Yeah. So close enough. Close enough. <laughs> I've never been that per. I don't think I've ever been that person. I've been that person at like a, a club. No, oh, no, 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 no. See, no, that sounds so not, bad. Not, if not, I was at not a to club- that point. Like so crazy drunk. Like I don't even remember leaving. I guess is my, what I was saying. I've never been like passed out at a, in a public place. Oh, see, but the thing is, is with the Waffle House, I remember it because my friend. I remember my friend waking me up. It's like, dude, come on, like we're done eating. We got to go. And I don't remember eating my meal. I've been I've been so drunk in a club that the next day being like, hey, when did we leave? How did we leave? Like that point, I, I've been like that, but never like this. Passed out where my drink falls over and whatever. No, you know? I've, I've never. No, not even. No. So he meets with her and he is discussing. Like, I mean, like, like what we said, like it's he basically is going to her for advice on what to do next. And I feel that that's a big impact on what ultimately is now going to be his decision because he's he at first was turning down the guy, uh, Mr. Horrible, I'm going to beat my kids when I come home, redneck. <laughs> and now it's he kind of has a change of heart. But in the meantime, between him changing his heart, as what you've already brought up is um, the guy has gone to go and see Bill because it's a change – He's a hothead. Like uh, I don't even know who this, if this guy's based on a real character or not, but he's lost his temper over the meeting that he had with Nucky and Bill, and he's gone. I guess to get his revenge. I, I why was he so mad at Bill? Do would you know? Well, because I think it, Nucky was supposed to be like the front man for all like the money. Like he was supposed to buy in. And I think Bill was like, "Yeah, this guy Nucky Thompson, he's all he's good for it. He's gonna he's gonna be in the deal." And then when he comes there, he finds out 
anyone's buying in and and all this this bad you can't have the liquor trucks going past fucking schools and whatever um i think he was there just to sort of like yell at him i don't really think there's much he could have done right um and you could see like they start scuffling for lack of a better term they start fighting um yeah, and, and like you know, we kind of see what 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 actually ended up happening there is the fucking machete to the head, to the, well to the coconut. So, <laughs> all right, to the coconut, sure. And so, I just, I'm, I I don't know the whole the whole story of him. Like it's, I see why he's going to Florida, and now we're. I mean, obviously, we're going to get some more out of this here in a little while, but. I don't know. The whole everything that happens down there is kind of a. It's almost like I feel like it's like a forced storyline, if that makes any sense. It's forced. Um, it, it's almost hard to talk about because what eventually ends up happening in Tampa. Uh-huh. But at this point, yeah, you could say it's forced, especially since the guy you know gets whacked for lack of a better term. Um, but yeah, that you kind of have to put a pin in it. To see like where that storyline evolves, because, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. The other note I had is the gift that Sally gives to Nucky for Teddy. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but great delivery, comedic line when that gift actually gets delivered. You don't remember, right? I don't. Yeah, it's such a great line. When you watch it, you're gonna be like, oh my god. Wait, oh, when Great. it gets delivered to Teddy or when it gets delivered to Nucky? I'll just say I'll just say it gets No, 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 no. When 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 Nucky gives the gift. When so, Nucky re- gives the gift to someone. I won't oh, say who. Okay, okay. I was going to say because he gets it at the end of the episode. Okay, spoiler. Yeah, he, he gets it. Yeah, and then when he finally gives alert. it to someone, I'm not going to say who, when he gives it to someone, um great line. Okay. I I yeah, I do not remember at all. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see. Okay, um, and that's ultimately that's or that's not ultimately that's all that I have actually for his story, um, because I mean we we're gonna see that obviously Florida is gonna be a very big part of this season at this point. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything else on that? I think that was it, and then just yeah, that ending, fucking machete to the head. What so what, a, what a shitty what a shitty shitty way to end. <laughs> <laughs> And he was probably sweaty when it happened. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, that is all that I have for this episode. Uh, Victor, I want to thank you so much for being on. Um, anybody that's listening, if this is your first time hearing Victor, um, he is, he has the Digging Six Feet Under podcast. He also has the Digging Dexter podcast where they have gone through season uh, four. Season four. Four. Um, we're going to resume when, I don't know, but <laughs> we're going to resume <laughs> at some point. Um, they are possibly going to resume on season five at some point. And um, great podcast, the Digging Six Feet Under. Uh, that is what got me into podcasting. Digging uh, Dexter it is a great podcast. Um, fantastic listen, so please go and check them out. Um, Victor is also the uh, Boardwalk Empire go-to when we talk about the <laughs> Boardwalk Empire crew. It's 90% of the time, it's Vic. So <laughs> The research staff. Man, uh, am I going to have some great filming locations for you later this year? This season, sorry. Keep filling it in. Please keep filling it in. Yeah. 
All right. Thank you. Uh, did you want to say anything? Uh, I think that's it. All right. Yep. So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, next episode we have is called All In, and we'll do a little bit of chin wagging then. Smile.